0: If I had free money, I would get myself out of debt. (laughs) Yes, I will pay off all my student loans and I'll be done. Welcome to Divorcing Sally Mae, the podcast where you can break free from your student loan debt. My name is Crystal Lee, and we're gonna talk about how to get out of student loan debt, how to make more money, how to buy a home, fix your credit, and so much more. So let's get into today's episode. Mr. Anthony O'Neill, I really don't even think you need an introduction. You're like the podcast king, the financial guru, Mr. Debt Free Degree. I'm so happy to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Oh, oh no, thank you so much for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to this for the last month or so. You reached out <laughs> to me, man. So I- I'm ready. You said we're going to talk, talk. Let's talk, talk. We are going
0: to talk. So I hope you sitting down. I hope everybody that's listening is comfortable because I want to get into first your story. I got a chance to read your book, Debt Free Degree. Of course, I wish I had it before I got into a whole lot of student loan debt, but that's neither here nor there. Amen. So (laughs) now I'm like, okay we had your student loans we had homelessness we had all kind of stuff anthony how do we get there and how do we get to now you are this this guru
1: well you know i wouldn't say i'm a guru i just think i'm a man i would a lot i uh, would <laughs> you know but um uh, and i was blessed and fortunate enough to be raised by four black african american parents um i have two biological parents and two step parents And so uh, my mom and uh, stepfather and my siblings live in Cali, and then my father and stepmother live in uh, North Carolina. And I hate the term step-parents because I'm blessed. I love all my parents equally, and they all love me the same. So, uh, But, you know, I grew up in a very strong, spiritual home, Church of God in Christ. Uh, there was no, um, I couldn't do anything outside of school and church. So I didn't grow up learning anything about finances, how to budget, what's the checking account, what's the credit score, how to build a business. I grew up learning how to speak in tongues, how to run around the church, how to lay hands, how to carry the Bible. So
0: wait, how to so wait Anthony. So my producer, he is also Church of God in Christ. So he is literally in here. <laughs> big city.
1: This is the Church of God in Christ. Hey, man, Church of God in Christ, man. That's where I grew up. <laughs>
0: he is kind of in here like, like, yes, I understand
1: yo man listen that's what we had you know so it was church and i mean your boy no i was in church every day back in them days in them early 2000s for any and everything so i didn't really have a life outside of going to church and going to school and so when i graduated college i mean like college, high school i was like yo i'm done i'm done with the church life i'm done with this you know my parents telling me what to do um and i went off to college and i didn't need a Uh, student loan because my father had his GI bill from the army Mm -hmm. and then i had a partial scholarship and so school was paid for and everything was great but you know when you walk onto the college campus you're a young man never been out in the day you've never um, experienced life on your own i just fell for it all i tried to impress my people um out there i didn't know nothing about a credit card i got an offer to fill out a credit card application give me two free pieces and a t-shirt i took it not even think i'm gonna get the credit card he just told a broke kid he can get free food and Some a free pizza and in. a t shirt. Got me. And changed my whole life, sis, for real. Cause a month later, I get the credit card and me and my mom get into an argument and she told me, son, you don't need that. And I told her I'm a grown man now, so mind your business. And so uh, within a matter of thirteen hours I maxed out that first credit card. Uh, impressing a lady, took her to Red Lobster, bought her some roses, some flowers, and bought her a Dooney and Burke's purse. You know
0: and, what? Uh, it's not French the style. Dooney
1: and Burke. Dooney and Burke. It's not even still rocking today. From now, what you I know like
0: what? Dooney what? and Burke, you can go get your little vintage and, you know, still rock uh, it.
1: Like, come on now. Y'all ladies in the day, day game <laughs> time. Y'all rocking <laughs> the Louis and the Gucci. Y'all ain't doing that with no Dooney and Burks anymore. So, uh, but that was hot back then. You know that. And so, I fell for the trap. Within a matter of six months, um, I applied for every single credit card I possibly could. I, I applied for every single loan, student loan that I possibly could, and I'm $35,000 in debt. Um, and um, I am uh, unfortunately kicked out of college for uh, participating in something that um, I'm greatly disappointed of. And um, I got kicked out of college, I lost my job at to the college.
0: What you doing, Anthony, home, You ain't going to tell us. Uh, I can't tell you all
1: that. You know what I'm saying? I hate it so much.
0: Okay. Keep going.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Just did something crazy. Did something stupid. And um, unfortunately, a young person um, got hurt. And so I got kicked out of school, lost my job, lost my income, just going home. My father said I can't come home uh, because I misrepresented the family. And wow. so I'm 19 years old and I'm homeless. You know, I'm trying to figure out where am I going to stay uh, for a portion of my life. I'm over here sleeping in the back of my car in a Walmart parking lot. Some days I'm sleeping on the floor at my friend's house, um, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And so uh, God just took me to the very bottom, uh, literally stripped me naked from a spiritual perspective, and really just had to gut check me and remind me who I am and why he created me. And I told him, I was like, hey, God, I'm not going to make all the right decisions, uh, but if you give me another chance, I will make sure that I will not come back here, and I will get out of debt, I will get my life back um, in line with you, and uh with your wisdom with your guidance with your knowledge i want to travel the world helping young people avoid debt get out of debt build wealth start businesses and impact the kingdom in a major way Wow! and so that's what i'm doing today you know uh traveling around the world doing that and i just i really enjoy it
0: so now you work with dave ramsey and you just doing a lot of big things and it's amazing and so for you And it's not necessarily a color thing, but obviously a lot of the people um, in my audience are black women and we are severely dealing with a debt crisis. We are severely dealing with a student loan debt. So why do you think we're in this situation? Is it just the lack of knowledge? How, how do you think that we keep ending up in these bad situations?
1: I think it's two things, uh, especially within our culture, in the African-American culture. It's, one, the lack of knowledge. I do believe that, um, unfortunately, in the minority community, that we um, are lacking uh, the experience, uh, the, the knowledge, uh, the wisdom that certain other communities may experience. Uh, but then I also believe that there are, Uh, certain African-American communities that are getting the knowledge, uh, but they have poor behavior. And so for me, it's about uh, a lot of people know, To avoid that a lot of people know they don't need a credit card a lot of people know um, how to uh, how to work and how to save uh, but they make poor decisions and so I believe that within our culture and it's not just our culture to be real with you because I am best and fortunate enough to be African American grew up in a black culture still rock with the black culture because I am who I am
0: right Uh, but I have
1: opportunity to work and travel around in other cultures as well and I see the same thing lack of knowledge and just poor execution Mm. and so for me I'm very big on giving you the knowledge, and then also holding people accountable. Like, hey, listen, if you say you want to retire wealthy, if you say you want to change your child's destiny, um, if you say that, you know, you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck, uh, then you got to change your mindset. Because when we change our mindset, we change our destiny to the positive. And like with me, as a black man, I didn't have the opportunity uh, to grow up, go to Disneyland like some of my peers did. I remember having to put... Uh, tape on the bottom of my shoes uh, to prevent the spots from coming out of my shoes. I know what it feels like to have only bread, milk, and eggs in the refrigerator, and we right, got to have French right. toast uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I remember those days. Uh, to this day, I still haven't been to Disney World because I refuse to go. I want to take my wife and my kids. My parents didn't have a wedding, uh, they went to the south of the border. Um, in uh, South Carolina, in between South and North Carolina, to get married. My mom didn't have a range. She's never been out of the country, never been on a honeymoon uh, because they were living paycheck to paycheck. I refuse to put my wife uh, through that. I- I'm not going to take her out of the country one time. I'm gonna take her out of the country <laughs> every three months. Come on, Anthony. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, for me, it's I know I have the knowledge. And so now what I'm doing is I'm making, and I'm being very intentional about the decisions that I make. And so when we look at the student loan crisis, we look at the, the debt crisis that we were in. I think it boils down to those two main things, which that is my mission, uh, to bring the knowledge. And also not just bring them the knowledge, but here's the plan on how you can avoid student loans, how you can get out of debt, how you can avoid debt and build wealth. I don't come from wealth. But today I'm wealthy because of the the quality decisions
0: that I've made with my money. Right, right. Let me ask you this because I get this question a lot. Should the goal be to actually pay the student loans off or should we be focused on managing the problem? Should it just be, okay, let me get an income-driven repayment plan that I can manage for the rest of my life and pay $10 on? Or should that goal be, no, I need to take care of, you know, I, I just need to wipe everything out.
1: I'm a person of, the Bible never talks good about debt. So any kind of debt that you have, you go after it with vengeance. Like you don't want it in your life. Uh, you can manage it and spend $10 a month for the rest of your life, but then you're costing yourself so much money. I want you to be free. I want you to build wealth. I want you to die and live your, leave your family with any kind of debt. Some people say, well, you know what? My student loans will be forgiven the moment that I die. But you know what? Look at the quality of life that you have right now. Don't you want freedom? Don't you uh, want just you can make all of your own decisions with your own money? You can tell your money what it will do, not uh, what you think it should do. And so for me, when people ask me, should I manage it or should I, should I pay it off? I say you need to pay it off and pay it off fast. Stop putting it off. Uh, stop deferring it. You know, get aggressive with it. Start paying off the student loans. Don't wait for the government to take care of your house. You take care of your house. And then from there, let me show you how do you build wealth. How do you become a millionaire? How Mm -hmm. do you, not just a millionaire, but how do you become a multi-millionaire?
0: Saw you talking about this um, on a TV show, and I know that you kind of applied the seven baby steps. How do we take control of our money? Should we go through those steps, or is there something else that you kind of tell people to start with?
1: Oh, no, I'm a huge fan of the baby steps because I'm currently following the baby steps right now. So let's go Um, through the baby steps
0: for the people that don't know.
1: yeah, so the people don't know is these are my mentors, Baby Steps, that he started about 25, 26 years ago. Um, and he just has a huge, um, uh, solid, solid plan of you take one step at a time. The first three you do in this order, you get a $1,000 emergency fund. A lot of people okay. say, well, $1,000 is not, it's not a lot. But it is, because if you look at the studies, uh, nearly 60% of the people in America today, if a $400 emergency came up today, they could not afford to pay for it cash. They're going to put it on a credit card, borrow, you name it. They can't go to their bank account and pull it out, so they're struggling. So we want you to have two times that, uh, which is $1,000 in your emergency fund. Then two, we want you to attack all your debt line it up using the debt snowball where you line up all your debt from the smallest to the largest and you just make all your minimum payments and then all your the extra income that you coming that you have coming in you're going to put it on the first one and build momentum and just start attacking it that way okay then once you get out of debt you set aside three to six months of your expenses like in a money market account or a high interest uh, savings account uh whichever option that you choose but we want you to be prepared so that way if an emergency does happen it's, it's no longer just an emergency it's just an inconvenience you know and you have the money to to live or to take care of whatever's going on and then you just re restock it and then after that it's you have baby step 3b which is set aside some money for a down payment or a home uh-huh. which is 10 to 20 percent because we right. want you to avoid a PMI um, or and then you go to the next one which is baby step 4 set aside 15 percent of your income for uh, retirement then babysit number five is if you have kids, start opening up like an ESA or a 529 for their college. Uh, then six is pay off your house, which is what I'm on right now, Okay, um, which is pay off the house. And then babysit number seven is build your wealth and give.
0: I thought that it said don't pay off the house.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. We're always big about paying off the house. Uh, you never want not, to not pay off the house. A lot of people say, hey, keep the house for a tax write-off. That's kind of whack when you really step back and look at it. Because if you're only keeping the payment, if you're only keeping the debt, if you're only paying interest so that you can have a tax write off, you can take that same amount that you're paying, right, to save for a tax write off and take that money, invest it into a nonprofit or invest it into the church, and you get the same tax write off. Okay. Why do you want to pay Wells Fargo, who is a family, why do you want to pay for their family to be wealthy when you can pay off your house, take that same money, pay it to the church? And now you're helping people. Pay it to a non-profit like the Boys and Girls Club or or any kind of nonprofit, and actually help people rather than build somebody else's name and their legacy. No, save money for yourself and build a kingdom. Build your legacy.
0: Okay, so now that we got the seven baby steps, talk to me about uh, this one video I saw. And I said, oh, I can't wait to talk to Anthony about this. Oh, Lord. Why women are choosing to stay single tell me Anthony
1: tell me why women are choosing I don't know that answer (laughs) you know that's that's not really my answer I can't really say that but I would definitely say based upon that video there was a stat saying that guys are not financially stable they look good they drive the nice cars They smell good, but when you really step back and look at them, they are not financially stable. They're in a bunch of debt. They don't have a stable job. Um, And I I just believe that men are not being men. And so it's not all men. I'm not going to say that because I'm a brother. And I believe that we have some high-end caliber uh, individuals, young men out there who are stepping up to the plate who do look good, who are driving nice cars, uh, but they are financially stable. And so one of the things I'm always pushing to us men is just step up and be the man. Make sure that you are financially stable. Make sure you do have a savings account. Uh, Make sure that you can show your future spouse uh, that you can financially, emotionally, and spiritually uh, protect her and lead the family down a healthy path. Uh, But based upon that video that I've seen, uh, my tribe just really asked me to comment on it of, uh, there's not a lot of high-caliber men out there who are financially stable, and that's why they're staying single.
0: Well, I said I wasn't gonna watch it, and I just wanted to ask you because I saw the video and said, "Oh, okay. I see you, Anthony. You're gonna give us a little. You're gonna give us a little dating advice. So let me know." Uh,
1: I- I need all the dating advice myself personally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But And I uh, saw you no, talking about really...
0: Valentine's Day budgets and I'm uh, like, Uh oh, okay. Anthony not getting nobody no gift for Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, no, no, not not in my state my season I'm in right now. But again, uh I'm all for, you know, love and, and, and gifts. But just make sure that you have your priorities. I think a man who who was leading by an example when you're dating, if you're not spending for me, in my philosophy, I'm not going to spend a lot of money on on my woman. I would spend a lot of a lot of money on my wife, and hopefully, my woman will understand that. Hey, uh, he's he's just showing me that where if I do rock with this guy, he's going to take good care of me, and she's going to know that she's the only one who got this kind of care. Got it. No other woman got this kind of care. So, talk so about just having priorities and just working towards that, and being intentional about the decisions that you make.
0: All right, so let's move on to the next video that I saw. Number one best way to stack your money. Tell us, Anthony. Oh,
1: man, the number one best way to stack your money, you got to have a budget. You know, I believe where there is no vision, that's where people perish. And I think that's the same thing for our money. Where there is no vision for your money, uh, that's why your money is perishing. I remember being in my young 20s, going to the bank, depositing my paycheck mm-hmm. on Friday. By Monday, I only have $200 in my bank account to last me for the next two weeks. And it was simply because I never honestly took the time to go back and tell my money what to do. I never understood. I never looked at what am I doing with my money. I never had a plan. And not just a plan for my money, but also a plan for my life. So if my plan is I want to purchase a new car, well, does that match what my budget is looking like? If my plan is, hey, I want to go out on a date and take my woman to a nice restaurant, does it match my budget? Do I want to get out of debt? Well, is that matching my budget? I believe that when you have a plan for your life and a plan for your vision and you're intentional and you're sticking to that, that is the number one secret to winning with your money. Is a lot of people think I need more money. No, because if you have more money, you don't have a budget. Right. Then That just means you're going to spend more. You need to have a plan because your plan is going to be your direction. It's going to be your guide, uh, and you're not just fully relying on your mind. So that's the number one tip I say when it comes to winning with your money. Not only, but it is the first one.
0: But the, the number one way. So do you believe that not having that plan and just going out to look good is the number one thing standing in the way of black people and wealth?
1: Um, You know, I wouldn't say that it's the number one thing that's standing between uh, black people and wealth. I think that uh, there are certain things that need to be fixed that I think African Americans, we cannot fix. And I am uh, rooting for the individuals who are fighting that fight for us. Uh, But I think what we have to do is Deal with the hands that we've been played. And so I believe that if we get the vision, if we have clear direction of what we're going to do, and if we can live below our means, I, I think if we can do that, have a plan for our money, live below our means, uh, I believe that we can and we will be successful. Um, there are other things out there that, that need to be addressed, and I, I'm, I'm rooting for that. I'm, I'm I'm praying that some things will be addressed. Right. Um, it is unfair. But... We can't complain you know we cannot continue complaining we gotta gotta make some things happen and so that's one thing about me is um, i'm going to worry about my house i'm the head of my house Um, i'm going to bust my butt and god is going to be able to know if if he can trust me with five hundred thousand, he can trust me with a million uh, because i'm going to be a good steward of it i'm not going to look like i have money and i'm broke i would rather be uh wealthy and look like i don't have money than look like i do have money and be broke. Right. And so um, I think that's the number one thing that's, that's kind of hurting us. We're just we're not making good decisions with the resources we do currently have right now.
0: I'm glad that you keep saying, like, I'm going to take care of my house because I find now that since we are going into, you know, or we're heavy now into this political season, I get a lot of people that are like, well, listen, I'm not going to pay nothing, Crystal League, because I'm going to sit and wait to see who's going to be the next president. And they're just going to wipe my loans out and I'm going to be good.
1: <laughs> and that's the I hear that all the time, too. I have a lot of people telling me, well, I'm not going to pay my student loans until, you know, Bernie or uh, somebody else gets up in there. And I'm like, you that is the stupidest thing I've heard. You know, you need to take care of your house. Don't trust the White House. The White House has already shown us that they're not making the best Decision for us. Okay. I mean, it is proven. We already have an example of student loan forgiveness out there, and only 2% have been forgiven. Thousands and thousands of of hardworking individuals who thought their student loans were going to be forgiven are not. And now they're stressed. Now they're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Now they're trying to figure out what to do because they were trusting the White House. And so, uh, uh, whoever gets in there, more power to him. I'm praying for them. Uh Whatever comes down from the White House, okay, cool, I'll deal with it when it does happen. But for right now, if I'm in debt, I'm trusting me, God, and, and my hard work. I'm going right. to pray like it all depends on him, and I'm going to work like it all depends on me. And I'm going to take control of my finances so that me and my family, my family and I, can have freedom and joy.
0: Yes, Lord Jesus. So you highlight a lot of people who have paid off their debt on your page. What is the common theme that you see with these people? Is that extra income, starting a business? Is that moving back home with their parents? How are these people paying off 50, 100, $200,000 in debt?
1: You know, the most common thing that I'm seeing throughout everyone who has paid off debt, student loans, you name it, they got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like It it started in their mind. They got sick and tired of going going to work every single day to come home, um, and when they get their paycheck, it's already out the door. They got sick and tired of, of telling their spouses, we can't go out to dinner. They got sick and tired of telling their kids they can't do this. They got sick and tired of bill collectors calling them. Mm-hmm. And so when they got sick and tired of being sick and tired, they said, what is the plan? And when they got on the plan, they stuck to it. They lost friends. You know, they lost some loved ones, uh, but they stuck to it because they were like, I do not want to go backwards. I want to go forward. And I totally relate to that. You know how many young ladies, they don't want to talk to me because I was like, yo, I can't take you out to eat. Why not? Because I'm trying to pay off my debt. You know how many friends I said no to? I can't go out with you all. I can't go here. I can't travel with you there because I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to go to the the back of my car anymore. And so uh, these individuals were like, yo, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I want to change my family's tree, uh, and I want to be wealthy. And the thing between me and building wealth is the decisions I'm making about the debt that I have. And I need to aggressively go after it. And everyone who follows uh, the seven baby steps, what we've seen is that within a matter of 12 to 24 months, they're becoming debt free because they're going out there getting not just one uh, extra side job, but right. two of them. And they're okay. just dumping all the money on there.
0: Got it. So it's really about you just being very aggressive in the plan.
1: Got to be very aggressive. Okay. got to be focused and determined.
0: Of course, you know, we've been talking about a lot of post-grad life, but your book is about getting a debt free degree. And I'm sure everybody asks you. So, Anthony, how do we do that? Because I also have some parents that they have student loans. They're about to send their kids to college. And what they don't want to do is have two, three, four generations of student loan debt.
1: Yeah, that's good, man. And those are good parents. The very first thing is you got to take that off of the table. Uh, Don't even consider it uh, because when you do that, some some options are going to present itself, and they're going to look good. They're going to look attractive. Uh, Once you take that off of the table, write down a vision. Make sure that your child knows what they want to do. What is the career path they want to go? And make sure that it's profitable, okay? Don't get into a career. uh, Don't get a major that... It's not going to be profitable when it comes to a career. Uh, But the key thing that I tell everyone when it comes to going to college debt-free, it's not about about how you start, nor is it really about where you finish. It's about how you finish. And how do you finish is by the school choice. You don't have to go to Harvard. You don't have to go to Yale. You don't have to go to the most famous school that you think. No, you need to go to the school that you can raise the most money and they will give you some more money how do you graduate debt free that's the key thing and do the research for an example in the state of north carolina you can go to unc wilmington and only pay five hundred dollars a semester you know the average in-state schools on cost you in between six to eleven thousand dollars if you stay at home right which doesn't sound attractive right but right, you stay at right. Home, and it doesn't
0: sound <laughs> and it's not as sexy like not. girl, you staying at home nah girl i'm yes, going I to am. Spelman. you know we we want to <laughs> have the schools <laughs> that sound good for the legacy for the love you know for me I'm like I'm going to Atlanta I'm about to go to Clark Atlanta and I'm gonna be famous and I'm gonna just pay these student loans off with one payment now some of that is true cause your girl doing her thing you know thank you Jesus but the payments did not happen with one check
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know you're killing it you know but this is what I tell every young person do not take a kid's approach to an adult decision
0: Ooh, that's good um
1: you know, BET did something, uh, they did a series uh, about a couple of months ago, and they found that the average person who takes out student loans think they'll have it paid off within three three years. Well, study shows that the average person in America, uh, about 20 years, no, 10 years later, they still owe 65%. Black people, you and I, 10 years later, we still owe 113%. Ooh. And, and so for me, bump going to. Any school, that's going to make me be in debt for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Because the education is the education. Spelman, Harvard, Morehouse, that school doesn't make me. My name is Anthony O'Neill. If I'm smart, I'm smart. If I'm well, living see, with intentionality.
0: Now, Anthony, listen, though, because I can have this conversation with you as a 32-year-old woman who has put herself in a bad situation, who is now getting herself out of that situation. But the 17-year-old me, I was right. like, no, I'm not staying here. I'm from Detroit. I'm like, there's <laughs> no way I'm staying here. I'm, I'm getting up out of here. So what would you tell parents? What is the conversation that we need to start having with our kids? And does that need to happen before high school? Like, hey, if we can't get the money, this is X, Y, Z, because I have parents calling me who are, trying to refinance their homes to send their kids to these big name schools. There are people who are calling me who do not have their retirement together, but they are doing everything that they can to send their kids to these big name schools. So there is a sense of desperation because the kid wants that school only. Hey, is there another option for you? No, there's not. They want to go to Howard. They want to go to syracuse they want to go to wherever and we're not able to afford it you
1: know that's a conversation that i have all the time and man we don't have enough time to really <laughs> talk about uh, my <laughs> full answer with that because when i got to address the parents and when i address the parents i got to encourage the child um and and what i've found out is that parents are only duplicating uh, what they have received, and so if their parents sent them that way, then they think that that's okay, or. If parents did not get that, they're like, yo, I wanted this for myself, so you are going to get it. And what I tell parents all the time in a respectful way, it is not your child's job to live out the dream that you failed to accomplish. Mm. It is your job to usher them and guide them and train them up in the way that they should go. And they need freedom. I don't want not one child graduating with $100,000 in debt, uh, having a mortgage payment, but no real estate. We need to set them up to be successful, to have freedom. Student loans. I am not knocking people right now with student loans because there's nearly 44 million of us out there who have student loans. Right. But for this generation that's coming up, they do not have to go about that. They can graduate college debt-free and become successful and wealthy in their 20s if we just help them make the right decisions in their teens, you yes. know, 15, 16, 17.
0: What are some other good ways, and this is my last question for you because I can just keep asking you questions all day, but what are some other ways to set our kids up outside of getting a debt-free degree? Is that LLC? Is that, you know, starting a business for them when they're younger? What are some other good things that we can do for our kids?
1: That's good. I I love that question. Um, About two years ago, I came out with a uh, toolkit called a Teen Entrepreneur Toolkit. I am very huge on it teaching our young people how to be entrepreneurs uh, early as possible. And so I believe that as while you're teaching them, instead of for doing an allowance, you know, have them start a business and they get paid commission. They get paid for the work that they do. And I just think that just pays off so much because by the time they get into, you know, high school or college, they're figuring out how how do I start my own business to fund my college? But when I graduate, how do I have my own business? I don't go to a job. I, I actually become the employee. (laughs) uh, and so uh, I'm very big on entrepreneurship and not just entrepreneurship uh, but making sure that you're teaching them financial literacy at home Uh, make sure that you're really teaching them the truth about money and how to build wealth um, and how to leave a legacy Uh, and three surround them with other other mentors outside of yourself Uh, that's one thing I'm very big on right now is I'm going around to middle school and high school students. And I'm bringing in some of my NFL friends, and NBA friends, and we're just exposing them to things that are much bigger than what they think or what they thought they would ever see.
0: Yes. Like I said, I can, I can ask you questions all day long, um, but I'm going to stop here. I will say this. um, I really thank God for you. I thank God for what he's doing in your life. And I'm so glad that you have the platform that you have so that you can reach so many people Um, I have had so many people when they learned about my podcast that sent me your name and said, you got to interview this guy. And so your impact is just global and amazing. And I just pray that you will continue to um, to see the desires of your heart. And So thank you so much for sharing with me today and my listeners. And I'm hoping that we can work together soon and do something amazing soon. But thank you so much, Anthony.
1: No, thank you so much for doing your podcast. We need more people like you uh, spreading this message. So um, anything else I can do for you down the road, let me know.
0: Thank you, sir.
1: No problem at all. Thank you.
0: Have a good one. You too, though. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at DivorcingSallyMay and send all of your money and student loan questions to May at gmail.com.